Hello, welcome to LA Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. And LA Podcast stands for Local Anesthetic, um, because this is really where we cover some banal, tawdry, but funny local news stories, which hopefully won't numb you to sleep. But uh, if you are going to hospital for an important procedure, download our entire back catalogue. It will make your stay much easier, won't it, Rob? I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you want to submit us a story, because we uh, feature a listener submitted story every week then you can do so you can do so for a variety of means and i'll list them all at the end of the podcast but the quickest way to do it i guess is just to email us at lapodcast.net at gmail.com that's lapodcast.net at gmail.com and rob before we started recording you and i were discussing that for our christmas episode we think are thinking yeah. not not firm yet it's subject to change at any time. Me and Rob are entitled to do that. Um, of, of doing... Because you've got quite a back catalogue of mm. listener sto- uh, stories that have been submitted to us because you can't feature them all. No. Um, we thought we would do an episode featuring only listener stories. That's right. But yeah. a lot of them wouldn't be very current, would they, Rob? No, but I don't think... That, I mean, I, I think our, most of our fans aren't too bothered about that. Um, I mean, if, if you are taking this podcast as your, your only source of current affairs, you may need to reconsider that option. Um, well, can we... For the Christmas episode... For the Christmas episode, can we, for the duration, have Christmas music on in the background? Oh, that's a great idea. Yes, we can. You look genuinely excited by that. <laughs> yeah, I actually Have you got your Christmas tree up yet? Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. Isn't it meant to be 12 days before? Well, I mean, there are different traditions in this, Alex. I was trying to get Sarah to put it up in, um, in, May. in November. Um, I did once put it up in, in October at university and ruined it for everyone. Right. Uh, did you? <laughs> it was really strange when it was, it was particularly mild October and there's a Christmas Why tree Why did you do that? Just for a jape? Uh, no, because I, I generally wanted to put it up. And the Christmas tree. Can I can I, <laughs> can I just say, Rob, that is a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. It was well, people coming around because obviously we'd only been back at university about, about a month, and people walk into the living room and asking why. So you did it in. You didn't do it for any sarcastic, funny reason. You did it because you genuinely thought that was an appropriate time to put up a yeah, Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, in hindsight, it was a mistake. Mm. Rob, should we kick off? Because I don't think. Do you have any important news? Not really. It's Could Christmas. I, yeah. Well, not yet, Rob. No. I just want to crack on. I'll be honest. Okay. We've got a lot to cover this week, Rob. Well, let's start with Christmas, Rob. Let's start with the new shopper, which covers uh, Bromley, Bexley, Greenwich, Lewisham, Dartford and Swanley, Gravesend, etc. I've only ever been to two of those areas. Um, <laughs> Good to know. Uh, and the if by Rebecca Flood, we don't know if she does. No. Um, from the 9th of December... Um, and the and we're recording uh, for any I know there are fastidious listeners out there I'm sure there are and we are recording at the moment on the 10th of December and this is episode 161 that's correct yeah um, here's the headline Lewisham Police Station in the high it's really badly phrased can I just read you out this headline how badly worded it is yeah Lewisham Police Station comma in the high street comma could have the could have the country's most depressing Christmas tree you don't need in the high street I, no. I'm sorry but a good headline should not need a comma I don't think Rebecca Flood's very experienced right? no Lewisham Police Station could be behind the country's most depressing Christmas tree after photos of the limp spruce went viral. <laughs> Brilliant. Photos of the limp spruce. Is there an episode title somewhere there? I'm not sure, but I like it. Twitter has spoken and it seems Lewisham Police efforts at the Yuletide tradition has gone down like a sack of coal. The police station in the high street is supporting a rather sad looking tree. Shall I show you? I think I need to show you the yeah, tree. At least they why, put the tree why, up. Why, why it is... No, right. It's not really the tree that's the problem. This is what... Lewisham Police Station have legitimately done. Right. Describe for the listener. (laughs) Uh, 
Is that, is that the tree freestanding or is it just kind of leaning on a post? I think it's leaning on a post, but what's around it, Rob? Uh, well, it looks like it's been cordoned off as, as, as if it's some sort of crime scene. Yeah, it's been it's, cordoned off with metal barriers. It's been kettled, everybody. There are metal barriers surrounding the Christmas tree. There's no need for that. There are also no decorations on it at this stage. Um, well, there might be in Lewis. Rob, this is Lewis. It's also not a Christmas tree. It doesn't, it doesn't look like... I mean, what, what is a Christmas tree? What, what traditionally, what, what tree is it? I see what you mean. No, it doesn't really, does it? Well, it's a pine, isn't it? But that yeah, that looks like a fern. It does. You're Nothing. right. Yeah. Um, leaning, leaning slightly and adorned only with a stringy set of lights, the tree has even been contained behind metal barriers. Now, surely, Rob, leaning slightly and adorned only with a stringy set of lights... That's nice. I like that. It's a fucking good episode title. Residents took, the social me- took to social media... She's, she's written that wrong. She said residents took the social media to question whether police have in fact kettled their own tree. <laughs> the poor Christmas decoration has become the root of many a joke online. Shouldn't it be the butt of many a joke online? This is The really, root of it. This is really bad, Rebecca. She's really mixing Rebe- her metaphors. Rebecca. <laughs> oh, I hope Andy Parks hasn't read this or you'll be for the high jump. With Twitterati asking if the tree was in fact part of Special Branch. That's good, Rob. Yeah. Okay. Others suggested it may be suspected of carrying needles. Eh? while others simply described it as depressing. But Lewisham cops were quick to defend their festive offering, tweeting a leaflet for the borough's commander's carol concert tomorrow. Today, Robert, December the 10th at 7pm, we could be there. Presumably, it's to cheer the poor tree up. So some tweets. Um, Dan Hancock says, containment, please, not kettling. They're only interested in protecting the tree's safety. Um, Marcus LaRue says, I see there's limited police presence in the area. Uh, Get it? That's clever, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. And then there was, of course, the joke about um, I have a sense of humour. If they have a sense of humour, they'll only put baubles on one bit and call it special branch. God. Can I just say that? I feel they're getting a bit of a bad rap because the tree itself isn't isn't by no means sort of, um, what's the word? You know, it's it's obviously in good health. I mean, I said it's a fern. It's obviously not a fern. I can't think. Why did they kettle it? Well, it's Lewisham. People will nick it. Or piss on it. Um, New shopper, Josie Griffith. No date. Bizarrely. Um, man lying in road arrested after intimidating Cobham drivers and halting cars. <laughs> An angry man who deliberately stopped cars and forced drivers to make U-turns in the dark on narrow Cobham country roads was arrested last night, December the 2nd. Kent police received several reports of the man attempting to halt cars in the Seoul Street and the street areas at around 11pm. After a search, officers found the suspect lying in the middle of the road. Witnesses reported that the man was wearing camouflage gear, flicking his lighter on and off and not allowing drivers to pass. Alex, this man is mentally ill. What an extraordinary thing to do. So he's gone out in camouflage gear, lighting, flicking a lighter on and off and refusing to allow drivers to pass. A 35-year-old man, not me, from Gillingham, was arrested on suspicion of being drunk on the highway. He was oh, right, released yeah. on bail, pending further inquiries. So did he get drunk and then put on the camouflage gear? Or was he already wearing the camouflage gear and then, and then got drunk? Can I also point out that camouflage gear when we lie down the road would be wholly ineffectual, I thought, unless they were grey. Yeah, well, well, exactly. Um, Rob, last story, very short. I, I just love this. Um, from the Daily Echo, for, for people who don't know, that covers Bournemouth, which is on the south coast of England. Um, and it is by nobody on the 9th of December yesterday. Can Peter Gabriel teach Monkey World Apes to Skype? <laughs> sorry. This sorry. sounds like an Alan Partridge whoa, whoa, idea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. Uh-huh. What? Can Peter Gabriel teach Monkey World Apes to Skype? Right. Haven't finished the headline, Rob. He's going to try. Okay. As in Peter Gabriel, as in Sledgehammer? Former Genesis singer Peter Gabriel, yes. Right. Yeah. He's t- t- teaching monkeys to Skype. Would you like to know the story? Yes. 
Former Genesis singer Peter Gabriel is teaming up with Monkey World to see if he can teach chimpanzees to Skype. In an experiment due to start next spring, animals from Monkey World will be given the video conferencing equipment and monitored to see if they can use it to communicate with one another. Has, he, has Peter Gabriel fallen on a hard time? Is, is that the problem here? An article in the Sunday Times said Gabriel is, in quotes, convinced that people could communicate with animals if only we could find a shared medium of expression. Has he had a breakdown in the last 12 months I wasn't aware of? <laughs> and he suggests that what we learn in trying could teach us ultimately how to communicate with extraterrestrial life forms. <laughs> He's got funding for this. So let's, let's break down the idea, Rob. He believes that human beings will one day be able to communicate with apes. And, and by virtue of being able to communicate with apes, if we can learn to communicate with apes, then surely it will help us communicate with extraterrestrials. In order to reach this goal... Wait, Rob. Okay. So he wants to go back in evolution, then kind of forward. In order to reach this goal, he's decided, right, we need to find out how apes, how apes communicate with each other. And, and the best way of doing that is to try and teach them how to use video conferencing equipment. <laughs> Right? Are you with me? If you're not, it's okay. Um, Called the Interspecies Internet Project, internet pioneers such as Vince Cerf and academics, this has got a lot of people behind it, including Neil Gershenfield, professor of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, that's MIT, Rob, yes, will be working with Gabriel on the experiment. This is not an April Fool's, because it's not April. Although it seems like there's a lot of fools involved. It's not the first time... The Shock the Monkey singer, he wrote a song called Shock the oh, Monkey. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Has worked, with ape, has worked with apes. Shock the Monkey. Anyway. It's not the first time Rob the Shock the Monkey singer has worked with apes. Back in 2001, which to me I is mean, really... that's no way to refer to Phil Collins. <laughs> Back in 2001... Well, that's interesting, you're right, because... Hang on a minute, that's interesting, Rob. Because there was a very famous advert that was on for a long period of time, which contained a gorilla playing a pair of drums with Can You Hear It? coming in the air tonight if you go to Cabbage Sung World by Phil Collins. They, they've got an, an animatronic monkey playing hmm. the drums but what's interesting is it says it's not the first time that he's worked with apes back in 2001 now isn't that date significant Rob because 2001 <laughs> is also the name of a very famous film which revolves around apes and yeah. their evolution and the first 45 minutes and then touching that monolith yeah. Maybe maybe in today's world that that monolith would be the video co- is, he try, is he trying to jumpstart evolution in apes by introducing them to video conferencing technology is that his equivalent of the monolith because rob hang on a minute in 2001 a space odyssey it does lead to extraterrestrial communication i guess that's true this is extraordinary alex my brain hurts he must be a kubrick fan anyway prepare yourself for this back in 2001 rob he reportedly tried to teach a group of bonobos to play the keyboard (laughs) alex we shouldn't be humoring this guy he he needs mental help i think he needed a band rob you know, he wanted to release some new work, so he thought, I'll teach these monkeys how to play the game. Actually, that, that makes sense, because if he did that, he wouldn't have to pay them. Right. Um, <laughs> so spokes- he the rewards himself. A spokesman for Monkey World said the plans were still at a very early stage. Yes, while, while he's waiting, we, <laughs> there's an assessment pending. Um, two comments, Rob. One of which was comment of the week. Not this one. Jarvis695 says, Surely this will confuse the poor animals. When they go to pick up a lump of their own feces to throw at Aunt Jemima, it will only hit the screen and block the view of the relative calling. They will then lose interest when they can no longer see her and climb a hanging tire or something. Come on, Peter, get a grip. Get your hazed head back from Salisbury Hill and start Salisbury Hill and start doing something useful like putting lipstick on rabbits, etc. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, comment of the week from me, Pablo23, just simply says, and the legacy of drug abuse in the 60s and 70s music industry <laughs> continues. <laughs> Can I just say, Alex, 
This story just epitomises what local anaesthetic is about. Surely that, because we never, at the end of the year, Rob, I think we need to rank our top stories. And yeah. That would, that, that would go straight in. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm going to try and do some more research to see if I can find anything else on this. Please try and find a video. <laughs> or see if you, we can be one of the recipients of the Skype call. Well, I think you would qualify, Rob, but I'm a bit too evolved for that. Okay, Rob. You got a story for us there. You look quite excited, Rob. Well, when I first read the story, it took me back to the dizzy heights of Buddy. Oh God! Can I can I re- re- remind? Should I see how good my memory is? I think is? we need to. Buddy yeah. is one of our best ever stories about. Well, I still feel bad for reporting it now, but about essentially a young mentally ill man who befriended a cat, um, a stray cat, who he kind of took into his. Um, he was living in sheltered accommodation, wasn't he? That's Rob? right. Yeah. Yeah. And he called this cat. Buddy. And and the story really was like something out of a Buddy movie. Um, basically, what happened was he grew very close to the cat and he used to feed it every night tuna and cheese. Bit of a lethal combination. Right, yeah. So you've got a good memory. That's of amazing, yeah. But he believed that the cat began talking to him and he became involved in a series of what he called arguments with the cat. This happened because he claimed that his mother's ex-partner who was in fact dead in real life was somehow doing bad things behind the scenes and impacting on his life in some way yeah that's right and he claimed that the cat told him this he got involved in a massive argument with the cat which led to him putting the cat into the microwave and microwaving it to death which is I mean horrific I and mean, when by no means we would just find his actions his best friend nothing like this it was just an the- extraordinary story yeah, and yeah. an extraordinarily written I wish we could tell people what episode that was. Yeah, I don't Did it feature? It, well, you have to trawl through that back catalogue. If I can be bothered, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. If any of our listeners know what episode was the buddy story, I would put it in the, somewhere in the episode sixty or somewhere. Right. Well, this story isn't quite as tragic as that. Right. I'm happy to say, but I feel it needs to be featured anyway. So this is from the Croydon Advertiser. The story is by Math. Uh, no, by Tom Matthews. Why don't they call the Croydon Advertiser the Cradver? For good reason. Or the Kratva. Well, that's better. I like the Kratva. Kratva. I mean, it, it doesn't revolting. mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why, because it's just a made-up word. It's an abbreviation of Croydon Advertising. Well, yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> you don't mean anything. Why don't you fuck off? The headline. Puppy snatched from outside New Addington Lidl was gift for boy three after he survived heart attack. Right. Okay. The tiny puppy snatched from outside the little New Addison belonged to his three-year-old little brother. So hang on, say that again. The tiny puppy snatched from outside little in New Addington belonged to this three-year-old brother and was a gift after he survived a heart attack and open heart oh, surgery when he was just five months old. Somebody stole his dog. Yeah. I'm assuming the details. So that sounded sound insincere. I'm apologize. assuming the details in this are what you find amusing. Oh, oh yeah. no. New Addington mum, Monica Nowak, Popped into Lillian Parkway to buy some milk. She left the puppy outside. A puppy? Yeah. Who leaves a puppy outside well, chained to a... That's fair. That's fair. I don't think you meant to do that. I'm sorry. Popped into Lillian Parkway to buy some milk and donuts for her three sons. <laughs> <laughs> how old are the sons? Uh, no, it doesn't say how old the sons are. So that's... So they're young? Uh, to buy... Well... Uh, Hang on. One of them's three and she's buying the milk and donuts. <laughs> I think we're getting a measure of this now. Okay, yeah. This is... I'm sorry. I'm going to call it. This is poor parenting. Right. Okay. You're leaving a puppy outside... <laughs> And you're buying them. Oh, what's for breakfast, mummy? Milk and donuts. (laughs) 
Your favourite, same as yesterday. <laughs> Do you reckon she just puts the donuts in a bowl and just milk over there? <laughs> she's, she's got them confused with Fruit Loops. The big ones. It's some giant Fruit Loops. Yeah, mammoth they Loops. They don't taste like so good. It, Kellogg's are. Mammoth Loops. <laughs> Actually, I do like the Mammoth Loops. Um, a Monster Bite. No, it doesn't really work, does it? Monster Loops. Uh, um, Fat Loops. I was trying to think of a tagline. They're extinct. No, that doesn't work either. Huh? What are you getting? We said for? mammoth loops. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't work. A hairy treat? No, <laughs> hairy. Oh right, but they're not hairy. Mammoth. Don't ever work in advertising. Right. Yeah. yeah so popped in to buy some milk and donuts for her three sons last Friday when a puppy, where well, sorry, when a stole, where a stranger stole puppy Jesse from her ten-year-old son Nico. Actually, oh, so he was with Nico, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. So she left. She left a three-year-old outside middle. No, no, no. Holding a puppy. No, 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 no. She left her 10-year-old son Nico outside holding the puppy. Who was waiting the milk and cookies. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, but it's emerged that the Yorkshire Terrier puppy was a gift to Monica's youngest son, Nathan, three, after he recovered from surgery, surgery to save his life when he suffered a heart attack at just five months old. Now, Rob, I'm, I'm really... Uh, this may be out of order. <laughs> oh, God, right. But... Is the heart attack at five months old in at all correlated to milk and cook to a milk and donut <laughs> diet? I'm glad you said that. Have a donut. Have a donut, little one. <laughs> right in the mouth, right when you came out of the womb. Puppy, I can't eat anymore. Eat your donuts. <laughs> I got him. I got him on a good price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he's has had a heart attack, I'm not sure milk and donuts is the best diet. No, possibly not. Right. Oh okay. no, what's coming? So it's a quote from Monica, obviously the mother. He misses her a lot. Every day he says to me, Can we go and catch the man? I want my baby back, said Monica. The dog was snatched by a stranger about 3pm as Nico waited with the dog outside the store. Since animals are not allowed in, added Monica, 28. I mean, that's fair. Don, mm. Dog's not allowed into the supermarket. He asked, uh, he asked Nico, Can I touch her? And my son is a very kind boy and said, No problem. He then said... He then, She's offering him some beans, some magic beans. <laughs> <laughs> then he took her. He grabbed the lead and ran. How can you or take just a, a dog dragging <laughs> behind him? How can you take a dog from just a child? Well, more easily, Quite easily, than, yeah, more easily than you can. It's like taking a puppy from a baby. Nico at the heart surgery at Great Ormond Street Hospital and still has to travel there for extra checks to make sure his heart is working properly. Irrelevant. <laughs> so I'm just his grandmother, Tina Donovan from Shirley, said Monaco just brought Jesse. Oh, there we are. Now, now, now five months old. Oh. They brought the dog thinking it would be a nice for, uh, for Nico. And then this happened, which is awful. I looked after Nathan on the weekend and he's absolutely distraught. He's been through a lot already as the family were homeless for a year as well. Oh. Do you feel bad now? The fact that, that they were eating... You're the one reading out the story. <laughs> um, Monica added, many, uh, many kids say they're not as good with dogs. They do things like pulling their tails, but that wasn't like him. He always cuddled her and played with her. Throwing them in a canal. <laughs> yeah, put them into a bin, that kind yeah. of thing. He played with her. Mm. Um... Appeals have since been made for the return of the puppy, with many new Addington residents donating towards the return of information. They're not getting Now thought to be about £500. <laughs> the Anna community has been fantastic, said Terry. Monica's had so Terry? many messages. Uh, Terry is the uh, grandmother. I thought her name was Tina. Did I say Tina? Yeah. Oh, I apologise, Terry, her name. Her name is Terry Sullivan. No, no, no. no. Terry Dorman Don- from Shirley. You said Donovan earlier. You called her Tina Donovan. <laughs> and now you're telling me her name is Terry Donovan. Why has she got a man's name? Are you sure it doesn't say grandfather? No, it does say Oh, it's Terry with an I, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Right, okay. Well, Tina or Terry Dorman Rob, or... You're not Donovan. a reliable witness, I'll be no, honest. No, that's fair enough. Um, 
Monica's had so many messages from people offering five to ten pounds to go towards the reward. Rob, I hate to bring this up. Given what we already know about this family, is it not possible that she bought a dog and it was just for Christmas? They didn't even get to Christmas. Let it loose on a railway track or some other dangerous thing. Claimed it got stolen out of Lidl and is now making money from local residents for a dog that actually they got rid of or ate with milk and donuts. So let me let me just clarify. You, you're maintaining that... Um, I'm not maintaining anything. I'm putting it out there as a possible so, hypothesis. So as, as a possible hypothesis. You should know this as an ex-policeman. This, this family who have been homeless and this, this boy who's been through, through this traumatic uh, incident. I mean, he's had open heart surgery and his mother just wants to do a nice thing for him by, by buying this dog. Um, Robert, mean, Robert, it, was, it was a pedigree. Robert, so I'm not sure where he got money from. Robert, just say this. Turkeys are expensive. That's true, and Christmas is coming. Yeah, so roast puppy with sprouts, Yorkshire puddings, roast potatoes, peas, and gravy. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that role? You're right, Alex. Uh, Yeah, in fact, it's completely changed my perspective of this story. Good. Okay, Rob, it is time for our... I feel like we need a different jingle for this bit, but general anaesthetic segment, Rob. Mm. And for anybody who doesn't know, any new listeners, general anaesthetic is different than local anaesthetic because I cover general news stories. Get it? I.e. national news stories. Now, Rob, this week I'm going to be covering three wankers. Two from this country. Okay. And two from this political sphere and one from America. I mean, we already know who that is. Who? Well, it can only be the one and only Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't know Donald Trump. Did you know? So, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm sure. I'm, actually, I'm not going to say you must know what Donald Trump's been up to. And if you haven't, start reading the news. Donald Trump used to be a Democrat. Yeah. Sorry, when was this? A, a long time ago. He used to be a Democrat. He was very fervently pro-immigration. He was very liberal. I don't know what's happened to him. I read this. Yeah. He's also the the ancestor of German immigrants <laughs> to America. <laughs> right. Okay. Trump, I believe, is what it is. I heard this on James O'Brien on LBC, so therefore it must be... Were you listening to the phone-in today, by the way? Uh, no, because I was at work, Rob. Oh, so you didn't... Okay, right. Because so you did a phone-in called Donald Trump, where... Were you, were you not at work? And no, I was listening to... I was walking back to the office, and I, he was doing... Of course you are. Right, anyway. Uh, can I... Let me just finish it. He was doing a phone-in called Donald Trump, where... Because um, he thought he'd make, he would make light of the situation by saying, "Well, it's, you know, it's not. There's nothing he said that really justifies him being banned from the UK because of the the um, petition, which is now up to four hundred thousand signatures. So he was getting small businesses to call in to say they wouldn't offer Donald Trump as services. Well, so we have I, like a hairdressers and then like a Chinese restaurant. Can I can I just ask why is it not okay to ban him from the UK? Why is what he said not constitute? We have banned people coming in from to the UK for, for a hate lot speech. Less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so actually, fair. it is perfectly valid. Anyway, just to recap, so people know from Guardian 8th of December I'm not going to go on about this we're only going to cover it shortly Donald Trump the leading contender to become the Republican Party's nominee for US presidential candidate has called in quotes for a total and complete shutdown of the country's borders to Muslims in the wake of the San Bernardino terrorist attack he said there was much hatred among Muslims around the world towards America that it was necessary to rebuff them en masse until the problem was better understood um Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski and Trump's pro- said Trump's proposed ban would apply to everybody, including Muslims seeking immigration visas as well as tourists seeking to enter the country. Jeez. Another Trump staffer confirmed that the ban would also apply to American Muslims who were currently overseas, presumably including members of the military and diplomatic service. But does not apply to people living in the country, Trump said in an interview to Fox News. But we do have to be vigilant, he said. 
So, in, does that mean any, any, any sort of the, the Saudi royal family wouldn't be allowed to entry to the UK? Uh, into no, the US? they'd be okay, Rob. Of course they were. Yeah, um, but, but if you're a Muslim serving the American army overseas, of which there are many, presumably you wouldn't be allowed back. In an interview with The Guardian, Trump's senior policy advisor, Sam Clover, said, I don't think there is anything wrong about asking about religious affiliation. Yes, there is. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. <laughs> but Rob, I just wanted to... I just, uh, I just wanted to re... And in fact... Um, Trump's threat was met with perplexed anger on the part of prominent Muslim American groups. Ibrahim Hooper, spokesman for the largest such group, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, said on Twitter, where is there left for him to go? Are we talking internment camps? Are we talking about the final solution? Which is a good point. I mean, I think he's still, he's still waiting to, um, to unveil those policies. Trump has said there's such hatred amongst Muslims around the world toward Americans that it was necessary to rebuff them en masse until the problem was better understood. Now, I just want to say that if you want to understand the problem, maybe you should look in the mirror, right? <laughs> and I just want to read out this quote, which to me I just loved, because it. <laughs> if you, I want, he's talking about Muslims, and I want you to imagine him talking now about himself, right? which is the way projection works. Projection is where you put all your own kind of inner demons out onto somebody else in order to kind of exercise yourself of them. Um, and it's the explanation behind a lot of what goes on in our society. But... He said, this is another wonderful example of projection. He said, the former reality TV star added, it is obvious to anybody the hatred is beyond comprehension. Where this hatred comes from and why we still have to determine. Are you talking about their hatred or your own hatred? I can't, I can't believe that he's filled with that much hatred. I mean, he's, he's been in, in nearly eight loving marriages so far. Rob, I want to just clarify to you, and I don't wish to make you feel sheepish, but last week we got into a bit of a conversation about the fact that you call... I picked you up on the fact that you called George W. Bush stupid. If you want to know what stupid looks like, Rob, this is what stupid looks like. Because this man makes George W. Bush look like Einstein. Alex, I'm sorry, but he cannot be stupid. This man is, 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 is the, you know... No, I'm saying what he's saying. What, he's, what I'm saying, what he's saying is completely irresponsible. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Now, on to another wanker, George Osborne. I don't know if you heard about this, but it's kind of linked to the same thing. 1st of December, 2015, Guardian. Did you hear about this? Headline, Osborne reliant on rising immigration levels to achieve the budget surplus. No. So you all know that in the autumn statement, George Osborne seemed to row back on a lot of pledges he had made. Do you remember that we were going to scrap tax credits? Yep. He's completely abandoned that. And he was going to scrap, he was going to cut police numbers heavily, which he's also. Yep. And in fact, he drew back on a lot of austerity measures. Well, Here, there was an, I, mean, Rob, I don't understand this because there were so many U-turns and people saying, oh, this is incredible. And the only reason he was able to do it is because I can't remember the, of, the office of, whatever it's called, the, uh, OBR, the Office of, of Budget of Responsibility, Responsibility yeah. projected that we would have more money than he thought. Where do you think this money's coming from? It's coming from immigration. Is it something like, it's something like 37 billion or something, isn't it? Something like 26, 27. George Osborne is relying on rising immigration numbers to reach his fiscal target budget of a budget surplus by the end of the decade, according to Guardian analysis of official data. Without the UK's current level of net migration, the chance would be faced with the choice of missing his fiscal goal or, or achieving a surplus by adding more spending cuts and tax riders to his existing plans. As a result of the extra jobs and tax incomes and changes to the composition of the UK's working age population generated by the influx of immigration, the OBR has revised up the level of potential economic output for the UK by 0.9%. Under the OBR's calculations, if projected net migration had remained unchanged at 105,000 a year, the boost to output would have been negligible. Without the additional output generated by those changed migration forecasts, the projected budget surplus would drop to zero, and the only feasible way to achieve one by 2020 would have been through additional spending, cuts or tax rises. Furthermore, 
Based on OBR data and the evidence available, it is highly likely that the government's intention of reducing net migration to the tens of thousands is in fact directly at odds with its fiscal target. I had to raise that because what a brilliant story and should show people the complete bullshit that we are told. I mean, there's, there's two things. But Rob, isn't that amazing? Yeah, but it Isn't it that amazing? And they won't advertise it. But also, this is what really annoyed me because on the day that was released, I, I listened to a lot of press coverage around this. Right. And obviously, that... that um, that revised forecast by the the OBR, yeah, whoever it is, the Office of Budget uh, Fiscal Whatever it's called. OBR. Just call them the OBR. You're annoying me. They're called the OBR. I've got the it here. Of budget responsibility. Yeah, um, yeah. That, 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 this this because a lot of people are saying, well, where has this come from? How has he managed to revise his figures? In fact, he hasn't been able to revise his figures. This is based on a projection of tax receipts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All There's it. no guarantee like that he's going to get this money. But a lot of it is based on rising immigration. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't surprise me in the slightest. Third wanker. Another British politician. Guess who? You know him very well because of where you live. Oh, okay. Well, I can only be in Duncan Smith then. Rob, this is a great story. This is victory. 26th of November. Has he been sacked or killed? No. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> Benefit cap discriminated against disabled people court rules. Thank fucking God for that. The Welfare Secretary, Ian Duncan Smith, unlawfully discriminated against disabled people. Let's reiterate that. Unlawfully discriminated against disabled people by failing to exempt their carers from the benefit cap. Are you fucking kidding? Uh, Did you not know he did this? No. Mr Justice Collins, High Court judge, said the government's decision to apply the benefit cap to full-time carers for adult relatives had created serious financial hardship for them, forced many to give up caring for loved ones and loaded extra costs onto the NHS and care services. The benefit cap, which limits working-age unemployed people to £500 a week in benefits, was introduced by the government on the basis that it sent a strong message to the so-called workless families that they had to try harder to get a job. The court ruled that the two carers who brought the case and who were caring for upwards of 35 hours a week were effectively in work, even though they were in receipt of benefits and therefore should be exempt from the cap. Colin said to describe a household where care was being provided for at least 35 hours a week as workless was somewhat offensive. To care for a a seriously disabled person is difficult and burdensome and could properly be regarded as work. The court ruled that the government had breached Article 14 of the European Convention on Human Rights. This is, and this is the Convention on Human Rights which the Tories want to scrap. Yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. should know why they want to scrap it. Lawyers acting for the Secretary of State, so they actually sent lawyers to this to try and defend this, argued that the unpaid carers should be treated as unemployed people who have to make the same choices as anybody else about whether to work or cut it's their living costs. It's disgusting. But Colin said those providing full-time care should not be in full-time work unless they gave up or cut back significantly on their caring responsibilities. Unpaid carers made a huge contribution to society, he said, and saved the taxpayer the equivalent of £119 billion a year. Were carers forced to give up their role, taxpayer-funded services would have to spend huge amounts on providing the care instead. The fact that the Tories fought this should tell you everything they need to know. Sorry, I know I'm sounding passionate about this. No, 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 I agree. But listen to their response. A Department for Working Pensions spokesperson said, We are pleased that the court agrees that the benefit cap pursues a legitimate and lawful aim. The government values the important role of carers in society, and 98% are unaffected by the cap. We are considering the judgment and respond in due course. One of the claimants, Ashley Hurley, 26, who cares for her grandmother, Mary Jarrett, 72, in Peckham, South East London, not far from here, said the cap had been a nightmare. She said, I'd understood that the benefit cap was meant to encourage people to work and to address the problem of children growing up and workless families. I do not understand why it should apply to me as I do work looking after my grandmother. If she stopped caring, the state would have to pick up the tab for her grandmother's care, she said. I do not feel, she said, that I would be able to allow this to happen and I do not understand why the government would think it was better for the state to care for my grandmother instead of her own family. 
Well done, those two women, for yeah. bringing that. Now, yeah. Rob, just to bring a bit of humour to this. Can Rob. I just... I just I'm gonna make, I want to make a, a plea on the podcast. I don't want to hear Ian Duncan Smith's name on mentioned in this podcast again. I'm Why? Gonna, I'm if gonna, I've got to call him to account, Rob, then I will. No, no, no. Alex, well, I'm going to suggest something else. That we, we, we use the initials IDS and just refer to him from now on as the increasingly despicable shit. I love it. Can we do that? We can. Rob, I've got two comments to end this on the source of humour for you. That I found on okay. U- I found on YouTube that various people have said about IDS. It's only two. Okay. I had to do a bit of research, yeah. Trippy119 says, what a lump of freshly ejaculated cockroach spunk this man is. Oh, do you know what? If freshly I could ejaculated that, cockroach spunk, yeah. We could actually have that as an episode title. I mean, it would be... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe it does top the last that other comment I read for comment of the week, comment of the year. I don't know. Now Abor simply says this. I believe that every human being has, at very least, one saving grace to their character. Except for Ian Duncan Smith. The man is a total psychopath. And a cunt. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, 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 the end of nearly, well, Coming of the, the end, end. Yeah, as it, we're in December, has to be. Yeah, there are no uh, gifts or financial rewards. No. Right, Rob, we now have some more local news, and this is a little story. It's a little story, Rob, which you might be able to get your teeth into. Okay. It's from the news shopper. It's by James Parsons. Never heard of him. Although, can I just say... This is what he looks like. He's got an oddly stretched out head. I, I mean, I, I don't. I think they've, they've probably stretched the picture there, Alex. He doesn't look like he may have just walked in off the street, though. Yeah, could possibly be homeless. Rob, it's the details of this story which make it good, and it's it's still incomprehensible to me exactly what happened. Gray's End smoker chucked off bus in Clive Road for allegedly dropping cigarette. Right, right. A Gray's End smoker has criticised the council's environmental enforcement officers after he was removed from a bus. For allegedly dropping a cigarette, a cigarette butt, okay. I presume. Right. Martin Thompson from Windsmill Street was escorted. In fact, th- yeah, it just looked like this. You know, a fag end. Yeah. Of a rolly. Okay. I mean, it's not the best picture in the world, but okay. Martin Thompson from Windmill Street was escorted off a bus outside Debenhams in Clive Road on November 19th because the enforcement officer refused to let it leave with him still on it, allegedly telling the 49 year old, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Judge Dredd. Rob. For, for, for minor misdemeanours. <laughs> uh, Rob, can I show you that picture again and the caption underneath it of the man holding the dog end, the, the fag end? Is and this actually... Is, is, yeah, is, that's his hand and it simply oh, it says... his hand. The Gravesend smoker's fingers are stained with the dog end he claims the officer said he dropped. Yeah, he, he needs to lay off the fags. <laughs> Mr. Thompson, who suffers... Right. So this is where this is where the story perked my interest. So you've heard what's happened so far? Yeah. Okay. Mr. Thompson, who suffers with severe paranoia... Right. ...said he's ruined my whole day. How are they going to inform the public of their power? This is not acceptable. He couldn't have seen me do anything because there was a bus right across his vision that I was behind. He might have seen me smoking a cigarette, but he's made an assumption I've dropped it and I took offence to that. Other people were verbally attacking him about his job, but I tried not to swear and I don't think I did. But I did call them all a bunch of idiots. Did, 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 sorry, one question. Did this actually happen? Well, or was this a paranoid delusion? I'm getting to that, Rob. Right. <laughs> As others got on the bus, it was reported that Mr. Thompson was told he'd have to wait until the police arrived. The Gravesend smoker added, he told him my picture was going to be sent to police. In the end, I got off the bus to allow it to carry on. Um, I showed him the dog into the cigarette, but I was getting very frustrated that I missed my bus. The council enforcement officer was following me after I got off the bus, and I told him to leave me alone, and after a while he got the message. Mr. Thompson wouldn't give his details to the officer, and he wasn't given a ticket. 
Gravesend Borough Council has apologised to the bus company for what it described as an overzealous pursuit of a man who allegedly dropped litter in Gravesend. Good episode title, Rob. Yeah. Overzealous pursuit of a man who allegedly dropped litter in Gravesend. <laughs> nice. A council spokesman said, the officer is understood to be new to the job, but his actions in delaying the bus were overzealous. All officers have been reminded of their duty under these circumstances, and we are um, satisfied this will not occur, uh, reoccur. Now, in a minute, Rob, I'm going to show you a picture of the man. So, your new shopper, you get a call from a man who tells you that he is, in quotes, suffers with severe paranoia. Yeah. Who tells you a story about him dropping a cigarette butt on a, on a bus uh, and a man's, and the council enforcement officer telling him, I am the law, and pursuing him and everything. How do you know that's real, as you Has said? Has anyone tried to verify the story? I'll show you a picture of the man, Rob. Please describe for the listener. <laughs> Does he look like a man who suffers from severe paranoia? He looks paranoid. He looks pa- he looks, he looks like terrified of the man taking the photograph. Yeah. I don't think we need to say any more. If you want to know that story, do look it up. Rob, I've just got a few comments here. Um, they're good. Ron, 1952, says, Nasty, filthy-looking individual and an even filthier habit. If I had been on that bus, I would have ejected him myself and stuck one of my Jimmy, Jimmy Chews up his posterior. I cannot stand being this smoke because the smell gets in your clothes and hair. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Ronnie X. Nice comment. But you've seen the picture of him, Rob. Yeah. Sainsbury's Mafia simply says... A rare photo of Jippo Joe. <laughs> and Jippo Joe says, this is this week's winning comment. I admit I was rolling on the floor laughing at that boy. Trademark. Nice. Was it the earring that gave me away all them grubby fingers? P.S. Ron, I've seen you when you go into a hissy fit, son, and it ain't pretty. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, lo- the regulars on the new shopper comments for Oh, they are brilliant. Alex, before we sit here finish this section, can I just do one very quick story? Of course you can, Because it's only a few sentences long, but I did enjoy it. Okay, it's from the... the, the uh, Epping Forest Guardian, okay. Um, the, the journalist is Joseph Flague, or Flag. You can't pronounce sure. names. No, I know, it's worrying. Can I I'm, see it? Uh, a minute. Joseph Flague. Flague? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, headline. Startled burglars throw two-foot fish tank at victim in Marl Gardens, Waltham Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they panicked and think, we'll throw a fish tank at him. A man My was injured God. this week after starter burglars picked up and threw a large fish tank at him. The three burglars were caught in the act on Monday, December 7th, when the man in his 40s went to take Christmas lights out of his garage in, in Mile Gardens, Waltham Abbey, at 9.50pm. Um, after being spotted, one of the raiders picked up a, a two-foot by two-foot fish tank. That's big. Yeah, that is big. And threw it at him, causing injuries. The suspect then chased away, uh, was then chased away by the victim, stealing a tool from his garden in the getaway. <laughs> and his fish are presumably writhing around on the floor, dying. That's good. But yeah, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say. The three men were aged in their early 20s, one wearing tracksuit bottoms with a white jacket. That's it, Alex, but I felt it needed covering. I have to say, Rob, there's something a bit fishy about that story. That's what I thought. Okay, it's time for our listener story of the week. And uh, if you can hear that sort of chanting noise of football hooligans, well, it's because Rob and I are at a football stadium. Rob hasn't told me why, but it somehow relates to the listener story of the week. Who who are we watching here? Who are we watching play? It's the Crystal Palace, actually. Oh, right. Crystal Palace is my second team. Behind uh, the mighty Arsenal, of course. Who I watched beat Olympiacos last night in a stunning display. Anyway, it's not about that right now. Because we've got other work to control. So this story is from Steve. In Derby. Derby. Yeah. And Hang on, uh, isn't Steve from Derby our Eagle Heights correspondent? Yes, he is. Is this an Eagle Heights update? It might be related, yes. Is it about that fucking eagle again? It might oh, be. Oh, the fucking eagle. So do we need to tell people... It... So Steve is our Eagle Heights correspondent. We sometimes feature stories about this, this safari park 
somewhere down in southeast called Eagle Heights, which is run by a maniac and his son, and basically has animals that they shouldn't have, like cheetahs, which have attacked people in the past. Yeah. But they have an eagle, a very sad eagle, who happens to be the Crystal Palace part, uh, Crystal Palace FC mascot. And he and that eagle is resident of Eagle Heights. Yeah. Is that a good summary? That's basically it. That's that's essentially it. Now the original story that Steve sent me was from the BBC website, but I've gone to the Mirror's website because I think it gives a bit more detail. Um, the journalist is by Aaron Fanagan, and the headline the journalist is Aaron Fanagan, not by Aaron Fanagan. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. Yeah, headline: Man arrested after allegedly trying to punch Crystal Palace bald eagle mascot at Charlton Clash. Oh, oh. <laughs> That man is playing a very dangerous game because Alan, he- Alan Ames is not afraid to use a shotgun. No. We've learned this in the past. And he will he, sit outside his house in a... In a he's ex-army yeah. and he will hunt you down and kill you. He'll go dark and you will never see it coming. Yep. A man has he's been like ar- Andy McNabb, only more unhinged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A man has been arrested on suspicion of, att- of attempting to punch a Crystal Palace bald eagle mascot a recent cup match. Do you remember that brilliant story once about those Newcastle fans and there was that great big Ferrari outside the stadium with police horses and one of the Newcastle fans was video <laughs> punching a horse. horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This person, who in their right mind thinks I'm going to punch an eagle in the also, face? Also, attempting to punch an eagle. Oh, I mean, right. that's even it wasn't worse. even successful. I think it was just flapping its wings just keeping it above. Oh, yeah, just hovering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kayla the Eagle's been making appearances at Salford. Who? Uh, Kayla. Oh, that's it. it was, the name was Kayla. Is it uh, a female then? I don't know. Right. Um, it's been making appearance at Selhurst Park since 2010 and performs her pre-match duties at, at nearly every home game. I'm always surprised that she doesn't fly off. I think or do they have a, do they have a rope around her? Uh, no, she, yeah, she's she's uh, tethered to a gauntlet because <laughs> she has escaped a few times in the past. I mean, you can't I from Eagle quite, Heights. Yeah, I would have been quite intimidating. But I don't I don't know how, how much I'm not, I'm not so sure the capacity. I'd love it if the Eagle just started. Started, I don't know, 40,000, maybe less. I, probably less. I would love it if she started um, attacking. Um, just random, picking off random fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but she encountered trouble prior to the, the Capital One Cup clash with Shelton Athletic in September. A 34-year-old man from Welling was arrested on Friday morning on suspicion of violent disorder and attempted criminal damage. Really? Yeah, probably so, yeah. 26,309. I was way off. And I knew it was about 25,000, so I don't know why I said that. That's quite, actually, that's quite low for a premiership. Anyway, that's yeah. my point. Um, the man who's not been named remains in custody at South London Police Station awaiting further questioning. Six more people were arrested earlier this week following an investigation into violence during and after the derby game. Uh, one man has been charged with... Uh, sorry, one man has been charged while the other five were bailed. Zach Ellis, a 29-year-old from Tower Hamlet, has been charged with assault by beating and will attend Croydon Magistrates on the 10th of December. Crystal Palace secured their place in the fifth round with a 4-1 win over Charlton. They were eliminated for the competition by Man City. <laughs> They're doing well this season, Palace. They are, yeah. Uh, so it doesn't even tell us what the fucking motivation was. Have you tried looking up the story to find out why? I've, I've, read, I've read, read other stories, but I none of them say why. I just it. imagine he was—he must have just so been a Charlton fan. I've got to look this up, Bob. So you're telling me this this eagle was circling round and he and he launched the. Punch I don't think you think it was circling, Alex. I just assume I'm assuming that it was with its handler. Which you would have thought it made more sense to try and punch the handler as opposed to punching the eagle. Come on, I'm going to find out about this. Okay. Right, we've got the Guardian. Right. Normally purveyors of quality journalism. Uh, right. 34-year-old remains on police custody accused of violent disorder. Can you be charged for attacking an eagle? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. I'm not entirely sure. It occurred during the Capital One fixture, like you said. Yep. Oh, someone scored. No, no. 
there's no details. It doesn't. It... He's a star attraction at Eagle Heights Wildlife Foundation, known as for Cam, not the man, the, uh, <laughs> the eagle. Maybe they could bring him in. Bring. It's also in the Croydon Advertiser, Rob. Yeah, it was a very short story though. They, they okay, okay. Daily Mail. Purveyors of quality journalism. Well, no, but they normally give you the source. No, doesn't say either. Hang on. Footage was taken on a mobile phone. Shows how stewards and police struggled to stay in control during the match as they tried to keep both sets of supporters separated at Selhurst Park. So you're right. The incident involving the Charlton fan is reminiscent of Newcastle supporter Barry Rogerson, who was jailed for 12 months after punching a police horse following their defeat by Sunderland. I mean, uh, how fucking petty is that to punch a police horse? You said it, mate. What a great story. Thank you, Steve, from Derby. So he is. He is doing his duties. He, he is. He has been a bit lax about and I didn't even know that story. So... Well done, Steve, for uh, giving us the Lakelon latest on Eagle Heights. And to be honest, Rob, we're losing and I'd like to just leave the game early. No, that's fair so, enough, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I feel like punching someone. That brings, Rob, our episode 161. 160? 161? 161. 161, yeah. Blimey. To a close, Robin. We look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 162 as we move ever more forward like... Uh, like a man storming the pitch and attempts to punch a bald eagle? Uh, yeah, that'll do. Just like that, Rob, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode 162. And all that remains now, Rob, of course, we still have time, uh, is to say goodbye to episode 161. Because I have to say, this has been a stormer of an episode. Yeah, it has been. It's so, felt good. I mean, so, it's, it's a shame to sort of... Uh, why wouldn't you be nice to the episode, Rob? I could do. Bye, Rob! Bye, episode. It's nice to see you again. Hope you've enjoyed the stories this week. Why are you looking at my hand, Rob? I'm over here. I don't want to look at your stupid face. That was referred to you, Alice. It's not Christmas episode. time. Don't please don't sing. There's no need to be afraid. I'm not afraid. Singing, feed the world, Rob. Oh, sorry, right. You look like you need a good meal. You look like a Tiny Tim. Oh, well, I mean, that's urchin. I've lost a bit of weight recently. Thank Have you? you? Yeah. Oh, is that why your breast looks slightly less flabby? <laughs> I mean, I thought he might be, you know, reciprocate the the, the Christmas spirit. You know, my cap's waiting. Joy right. to the world and all that shit. You're protracting this. Bye. Yeah, see you. I think that's him uh, gone, Rob, uh, in the cab. Okay. So uh, just while he's waiting to go, Rob. Um, all that remains, Rob. Do we need to do this on the on the you know the the episode we're going to have all all list of stories? I mean, we don't need to do it that week, do we? We have to say goodbye to the episode every week, Rob. It's polite. Um, Maybe just ditch it in the new year. We can be found on a website, which is lapodcast.net. Just ignore me. From there, you can download all of our previous episodes. The easiest way to do it, if you've got an uh, Apple device, of course, is to go to the podcast app. Or iTunes, I think you can find it on both, I'm not sure. And put in Local News, or LA Podcast, or just simply Alex and Rob, because that is our names. Those are our names. And you will find us there straight away. Please subscribe to us. Please leave a review. All that helps us out. There is a donate page on our LAPodcast.net site, where if you donate to us, it will really help us, because we are operating at a loss. Give us your money! And uh, we can be found on Tumblr, at LAPodcast.net. Dot .tumblr.com com com <laughs> oh, that's God. a very different Tumblr account okay. uh, yeah yeah that is different don't, don't visit that um, and we are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LA podcast and you can tweet us at, at LA podcast that's it um, and if you want to email us in a story you can do it via Facebook you can do it via Twitter but you can email us at lapodcast.net at gmail.com that's it the cab's about to go God bless and keep it local <laughs>